Hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug episode 246 on Monday the 29th of July 2013. I am your host Stephen Layton and today we are off to Africa. I watch the plane in Africa. I'm not here to listen to me sing, are we? But before that, it is time for the news. Whilst talking about Africa, two, two new Ethiopians will be on the site next week, as well as two more Kenyans, as well as the Kenyan this week. So exciting times, they will be going up next week. Maybe see them as in my mugs in the future, so don't feel you have to rush out if you're a subscriber, but they will be on the site and it's very exciting. Thank you for all of the email feedback about the upcoming episode 250. Uh, you have lots of ideas. You are very, very clever people. So I put them all into the melting pot and we are going to see what comes out the other end. Um, still, if you have an idea and you wish to share it with us, please do. Uh, I want to improve in my mug as much as I possibly can. Lots of great ideas came out of it. Um, I had a new camera arrive today for one of them, which is going to be very exciting. And... Our Guatemala container has arrived. Uh, it's arrived on Friday. Lots of new guats coming your way soon. Uh, do keep your eyes open for those. And that was the news. So now it's time for 20 seconds on. And this week it's going to be on the Kenya coffee kind of system. So the word I was really looking for was industry, not system. But hey, so let's start. So, the Kenya coffee industry uh, is noted for its cooperative system of production, processing and milling, and marketing, and auctioning, actually. 70% of the Kenya coffee is produced by small-scale holders, and it's estimated that over 6 million people are employed in Kenya, directly or indirectly, directly through the coffee industry. The major coffee-grown Kenyan... That was 20 seconds on. So the major coffee growing regions that are in Kenya are on the high mountains, the high plateau. So you've got Mount Kenya, Kenya. I can't say Kenya today for some reason. That's a real problem when you've got a Kenyan. Aberdeer, uh, uh, Kilsi, Nazanga, Borogoma, Nakura, and Karicho. Um, and this is from the Mount Kenya area that we're going to be talking about today. It, it has amazing soils because of these kind of acidic kind of uh, high elevation uh, coffees uh, just makes it really interesting coffee. So let's talk about the coffee. So last year, this year, sorry, in February, I took my first ever trip to Kenya, which was amazing. Uh, but it wasn't to go and meet producers as it normally is. It was to go and get an insight into how the market works there. Um, and how I can improve the coffee that we buy, we can find quality, uh, and the way that we can work with some exporters there maybe, and find out more about co-ops and stuff like that. Um, it's very diff difficult when you're buying from a co-op because it's not like going to visit a person, and it's very difficult to foster a long-term relationship with these co-ops. Um, but, on the other hand, we do have the transparent auction system of Kenya, um, which gives you a great chance to look at lots of different coffees and find the quality within it. While I was there, uh, over three days, I cooked about 300, 400 cups of coffee. Um, and from those, I found three. Uh, three that have come back with us. This is the first of those. Um, if you're interested in the numbers, this is lot 1566 and was bought on the 12th of February uh, from the, uh, the auction uh, on our behalf from approving this sample. 
Um, the Maganjo uh, Mill is between Aberdare and the southern slopes of Mount Kenya, uh, around about 24 kilometres south of Nairi um, and 12 kilometres east of Athaya. And it sits in altitude between 1700 and 1850 metres above sea level. Now, the reason for that big difference is that some of the people from the cooperative are in the lower parts, some are on the higher parts, uh, and you can't necessarily pinpoint exactly. Um, this mill is located at 1,763 metres above sea level. How's that for, like, exacts? Um, the co-op are called Rumika, and they were formed by amalgamating four cooperatives in 2004, uh, and Maganjo has 743 registered farmers who supply the mill with cherries, uh, of which 496 are male, 247 are female, and the average farm size is as little as one acre and approximately 300 trees. And if you want to get that into context, it's tiny! Um, this is a fully washed, submerged, underwater, like fermented underwater, sun-dried on raised beds, uh, not patios, um, and uh, dried that way. It's also a peabree. Peabree's naturally occurring coffee, and it's where the receptor in the coffee cherry misfires, and only one bean is, bean is formed instead of the normal two. Uh, this happens in around about 5 to 10% of the crop, although some varietals it can occur much more, like 20-30%, but this one, um, it's around about 5-10% of the crop. And they pick them out by sorting tables, so they have these tables that find the different screen sizes, and it sorts the peabreys out. So the name is Majango. Um, it's affiliated to the Rumika Farmers Cooperative. Uh, it's in the central province of Nyeri. Um, uh, it is an SL28, which is the varietal. Uh, average farmer tree is only 300, so an acre. Um, it is fully washed, submerged underwater, hand-picked and sun-dried. And I think that's pretty much everything. So now it's time for the very exact map bit. Get in, it's about time we had an exact one. It's the map bit, no expense spent. It's the map bit. So we are here. We are going to go down to uh, the beautiful Has Been Towers. We're going to go back up and we're going to go down to Africa. Um, and we should really focus in on Africa a little bit more because it's not somewhere we go so often. So number of coffee growing countries, there's 18. Has a population that is so huge, I don't even want to try and say the numbers. And when you look at the surface area compared to the UK surface area, we are just a mere dot on the uh, on the map compared to the continent of Africa. Well, we're looking down into Kenya. So there we can kind of see that we're in central Kenya, um, which uh, is the major where the majority of the coffee is grown. Um, we're not far from uh, Nyeri and uh, Theraku and um, Nairobi. All major coffee growing places. Um, we should focus down on the country a little bit more though, so let's go into the, the details. So the country is Kenya, has a huge population of 41 million, um, uh, very big uh, surface area, twice the size of the UK, um, and the capital city of uh, Kenya is Nairobi, as I said earlier. So let's get down into the farm, this is the exciting bit. So basically this is the washing station, this is the exact um, and you can see there in the distance there's mountains and that's where a lot of the coffee uh, will be grown is uh, up there. Let's look at the, at the details of the farm. Come on, Dale the cow, tell us all about it. So the farm is called Majango. 
Um, the altitude is 1700 to 1850 meters, although the washing station is at 1763 meters above sea level. Varatal is SL28, which is very popular uh, Varatal for Kenya, and the nearest town is Nyeri, which again is a very famous region. So let's just have a little scoot round here, so you can just get an idea of the topography of where this place is. So really kind of sitting on top, um, a very mountainous area, a very beautiful area as well. Um, so we should uh, we should zoom back up, and uh, yep. Yeah, so there's the washing station school right next door to it, and that was the map bit. We've had so many vague ones for so long. It's beautiful to have at least one that isn't so vague. Um, now it's time for a man who is never vague and always factful, Mr. Glue. Roland's Daft Fact of the Week Despite its proximity to Ethiopia, as we all know is where coffee originated from, coffee was not cultivated in Kenya until 1893, when French Holy Ghost Fathers introduced coffee trees from Reunion Island. Bet you never knew that. So quite close, really. Uh, quite recent compared to most coffee-grown regions. Uh, Kenya was a late starter, um, but yeah. Also very interesting, I'm gonna try and up Roland's fact here, but the colonial influences in Kenya meant there was an awful lot of research and development went into coffee producing in Kenya, and that's why it kind of has a lot of its, um, kind of such a, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a cup that is, is very distinct, it's very unique to Kenya um, and coffee buyers like love Kenyas, I love Kenyas, um, I'm really looking forward to tasting this one on here so anyway time for the wheel of death, where it goes everybody knows and nobody cares I think, uh, ristretto, okay I can live with ristretto, um, it's not my favourite but uh, ristretto it is. So I'm going to whap you on pause, I'm going to get somebody to make me tasting delicious drinks because I'm lazy, and I'll be back with you in just a second. And I am back, and I'm gonna dive straight into my espresso. So, well, ristretto. What is ristretto? So ristretto is um, an espresso with slightly less water run through it. So I've gone for a double ristretto, but it's around about a single size. Um, I, basically, it was used by a lot of people to cover bad coffee. So you get all of the sweetness in the front and you get some of the bitters come through in the back. And doing ristretto can hide lots of the, 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 the not so good coffee. I don't like ristretto so much. I like espresso small enough for me. Um, and it's always a very intense flavor. Add to that, I'm not a massive fan of Kenya as espresso. It just gives you this massively intense, fruity, acidic, very bright. Now, some people love that. I, I, you're okay for being weird. I don't. Um, and making it into a ristretto has made it much, much worse. <sighs> wow. Lots and lots of acidity. So hopefully the double ristretto in milk will help because that flavour will come through. And indeed it does. You know, the ristretto, say you've got double the coffee, double shot, in a single single shot volume, really helps that flavour come through and works quite well with the milk. Um, I'm quite surprised actually, I don't mind that. Um, 
that's not bad at all. Let's move on to the brood. Now this is where Kenyas for me come alive. Kenyas in brood are phenomenal. Because of the acidity, because of the cleanliness of them, because of the natural sweetness, um, they just really open up. And when I cooked this one, I just wrote old school Kenyan because it's like an old school Gethimbuini. It is blackcurrant. I mean, that is so blackcurrant. It's like a jug of Ribena. It's sweet. It's lots of acidity, very sharp. To some people, they will scream at that coffee and go, that's not coffee. But that for me is delicious, well-processed, fruity Kenyans. Um, I loved it when I cooked it. I loved it when the pre-shipment arrived, post-shipment, and I love it now. It's an amazing old school Kenyan. There's a little hint of that red wine type acidity that you get in the classic Kenyan as well, but it's all about the blackcurrant. This is blackcurrant city with more blackcurrants. It's, it's amazing. So we should go on to the Pinboard of Doom. Um, and this week, this was sent in by uh, Gurgly. I I'm sorry if I pronounced the name wrong. Um, Everything that we need for a perfect Sunday. Has been coffee, good accessories, and watching the new In My Mug website. Thanks, Stephen. No, thank you. That is an amazing picture. You are very kind to send that in. Um, and we are very, very blessed to have amazing customers like you. And now it is time for Steve's Vine of the Week. And this has been very, very kindly sent in by uh, Sally. I have to look at it. Sally sends lovely things in, like the bunny and the tidy and that and she sent me in a vine so here goes <sighs> can't believe i forgot sally's name i'm a bad man listen thank you very much for joining me as always and do remember life is too short for bad coffee for the 246th time are you not listening <laughs>